Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. And I was just like, how can I live on this world of evil? You look around and you don't see anything <laughs> worth living for. I was mad at God. I, I lost my two closest friends. One of them moved and then one of them pretty much was like, I don't like you anymore. And it was like the only two people that I like cared about like mm -hmm. closely in junior high and junior high is already a rough time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so not to be a dramatic, you know, 13 year old, but mm -hmm. I was like, life is meaningless and <laughs> I have no friends and everyone hates me. Um, oh. And so I hate everyone and I hate God for doing this to me because if God's really in control, then he could have kept my friend here. He could have kept my other friend from leaving me. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome back, everyone, to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. Thank you for listening or watching to our videos or our podcast. It's always a joy to be back on this platform, just hearing the wonderful stories of salvation of every brother or sister who sits on this chair. And today I have a wonderful young lady with me. <laughs> we actually met in Foundation Bible mm -hmm. Study. I remember this was like probably, I don't know, 2017. I started going to Foundation and there will be this girl always coming over to me. Uh, she you were so annoyed. Of, she was like spying <laughs> on me to see whenever I left. And I remember one day she came over. She's like, why do you always leave so quickly? I'm like, I don't know. I have stuff to do. <laughs> But it was really because I was just so like afraid, I guess, and so shy about not knowing the people in the Bible study. But now everyone is so familiar. Everyone is like family. So help me welcome Megan Downer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. I, I told you that I was going to tell this, the little story. Yeah, you yeah, told me. I so I was prepared. But like, <laughs> Good. I'm pretty sure that same night I um, forced you to talk to like two people or something yeah. like you are you I, you know I, I love that about you that you're always like really trying to get people connected and plugged in into in the bible study and that honestly was very really helpful for me mm. I mean I'm not shy anymore you know mm -hmm. but back then when you get to you have a, group, a podcast now <laughs> I guess right I should you'll be surprised if it's someone interviewing me mm -hmm. yeah I can feel it but I I really love that about you that You're always trying to get people plugged in into the Bible mm -hmm. study. And it, it, that's great because there are a lot of people mm -hmm. that, you know, not knowing the, the crowd and, you know, the environment, it can mm -hmm. be very intimidating. And obviously, you know, when you go to a Bible study, yes, it's for the word, the word of God, but also to be able to fellowship yes. with among believers. And you also get to see it like just how um, me being welcoming and hospitable, like that's part of the way the Lord's grown me. And you'll see like... Before I was saved, I was the opposite of that. Like, so it, it's um, just all glory to Christ when you when you say that. Definitely want to hear that because I think this is my first time actually hearing your testimony. Yeah, uh, it will I be think, a lot of people's first times. Not very many people know it. Yeah, but. yeah. How about we begin okay. with? I want to know a little bit about your childhood. Okay, and, and that's like kind of how and I like people to 
you know, to get to know you, what was life growing up for you? What was uh, family, you know, your family like? leaving home or yeah mm-hmm. just walk us through that yeah so um i am a grace church baby i grew up there from nursery on my dad came for to go to the master seminary um before i was born so i was born i've been there my entire 23 years you know i went through the nursery and it's actually like you were um when i was i think it was in like three-year-old nursery is the first time i remember understanding the gospel like super young age and that's just like props to grace church for how um diligent they are to teach their children and train them up as they should go but like i remember being in the nursery we were sitting in our little circle time um having our little lesson and the teacher was like yeah and like god loves you all and um jesus died for you guys and i was like no he didn't like mentally i was like he died for like saved people like i understood that i wasn't saved Mm -hmm. um and like I was like, I haven't given my life to Christ. I like, why would he die for me? I'm a sinner and I, mm-hmm. I don't follow him. It's, it's like a blessing to know that the Lord gave me that understanding so early on. But also it's scary to think like, what if I had died as a kid? You know, like mm-hmm. I understood it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't get saved until I was 15. Like that's mm-hmm. a lot of years of just um, being in denial and um, understanding that I was guilty before a holy God, you know? Yeah. So just growing up with that knowledge, um, uh, kind of weighed heavy on my soul and I <laughs> ignored it for the most part um, mm-hmm. and tried to um, just live a normal, happy-go-lucky life. Growing up in church was great. Um, I was a very rebellious kid, <laughs> as you can probably guess. <laughs> um, some no, of that rebellion. No, no, not at all. <laughs> still, it still lingers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, me and I had this one friend and we were just like, we were a disaster. We'd just run around breaking the buildings, graffiti I don't know like we were, we were, I don't know how much I should say um, um one time I like kid, yeah I was up it. I we got locked on a roof and so like we had to jump off and there was like a mat down there because we, we were like at a track meet so it was like just a little tiny like shed almost yeah um and we got like there's like a gate so we got like locked yeah. on and we had to jump off and I think I broke my like foot but I didn't tell anyone so I just like oh my goodness. um but like just you know I was a horrible kid I knew I was guilty before the Lord and I didn't care so I just I lived like that I um I let myself go free um mm-hmm. so both and, of your parents are believers yeah and all my that siblings was your environment like, so it was mm-hmm. a Christian environment Very Christian. gospel through yeah. all the different areas in your life and- yeah um, I mean, I was homeschooled, like they did everything right. I did sports at a Christian school. Like I, my, my mom did, you know, daily devotions with us growing up. Um, my older brother, my oldest brother was definitely saved at that point. Um, my other two siblings weren't until they were in like high school, I think. ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many like, siblings do you have? I have three. Two brothers yeah, three, and a sister. So, and you're the youngest? I'm the youngest. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. So what was like the dynamic between, because were you all homeschooled? So how mm-hmm. did your mom manage to? <laughs> so uh, my older brothers, they just did their own thing. Like they mm-hmm. they taught themselves. And then me and my sister were put together. So I actually was like two grades ahead. So mm-hmm. I had like this complex because I was so smart. You know, like I was like, I'm going to graduate high school when I'm 15. You know, like I was so stupid. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but like, you know, I just thought I was smarter than everybody else. Yeah. And so, so you guys, do you, will you describe like, like your relationship with your siblings really close or how will you describe that relationship? Um, me and my sister were probably the closest, but we also had the most fights, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's, but we, we got happens. over them pretty quick. 
Um, and then I was pretty close with one of my, yeah, we were all pretty de- like decently mm-hmm. close. I am wondering because I, you know, I love the fact that you agreed to be here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. We probably heard so many different testimonies and a lot of people come from such a dramatic mm-hmm. background. They Are you saying that I'm not dramatic? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. You are in real life. <laughs> but what I mean is it's that you don't you don't need to come from a dramatic background to to be like, "Oh, but I don't have a testament to share. Yes, we all have a testimony no, to I share. No, I have I have one to share. Exactly. We're so get you to know it. that's why I've heard it before from people, you know, that were raised in a Christian home. Yeah. They all they heard in their life was, was the gospel. And they're like, Yeah, but my life is not as interesting as somebody yeah. else. No, the Lord has given you that story, and that story is unique mm-hmm. to you. So how is it that the Lord has to come and save someone who was raised in a you know Christian home, solid Christian home, yeah. is getting the gospel from a very young age, in fact, is being like taught at, at home as well. Mm-hmm. So how is it that what is Megan like and why is it that she needed a savior? You have the perfect life. Yeah. Well, Megan was wretched. <laughs> that's that's what. Um, I was, um, I think, just having that understanding of where I stood before God from an early age and with all the things I did in my rebellion and um, just fleeing from God and growing up in a church. I loved being at church, but I never talked to anyone. Like, I never trusted, like, important things to anyone. Like, I would talk to people, but... Um, I never shared with my small group leaders. I never like, um, I would never lie. Like if, if one of them asked me like, oh, are you saved? Like, I'd be like, no, which a lot of the kids in the church will like be like, oh yeah, I'm saved, you know? Um, but I, I never tried to deny it, but I also wouldn't ever like announce it. So a lot of people just assumed I was saved because I was, you know, at church, I was a good kid. I would win all the sword drills. <laughs> I would, <laughs> you know, know all the answers because mm-hmm. I grew up there. Um, mm-hmm. but I had just this weight of like this burden of sin and it just, led me down this dark path of like um I got super depressed in junior high I like started self-harming like I was cutting all the time and I was just like how can I live on this world of evil you look around and you don't see anything (laughs) worth living for and I was mad at God um for I I lost my two closest friends just one of them moved and then one of them pretty much was like I don't like you anymore. And it was like the only two people that I like cared about like Mm -hmm. closely um, Mm -hmm. in junior high and junior high is already a rough time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so not to be a dramatic, you know, 13 year old, but Mm -hmm. I was like, life is meaningless and (laughs) I have no friends and everyone hates me. Um, And so I hate everyone and I hate God for doing this to me because if God's really in control, then he could have kept my friend here. He Mm could have kept my other friend from like leaving me you know so I just became very bitter I didn't want to give up control of my life I didn't want to let the Lord have control of my life I just wanted him to give me my friends back and let me live how I wanted just super depressed and um being the dramatic person that I am just started um just self-harming all the time and um that's about when my like I just started getting these suicidal thoughts because I was like I'm not there's nothing in this world worth living for there's nothing that that I care to live for anymore. There's nothing that anyone could give me that would make me happy mm-hmm. um, because the Bible's told me and my church has told me that there's no happiness in this world. You know, there's happiness in God and I don't want God. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing left for me. You know, um, I think it's very interesting because in the world that we live in, you know, it's like, it's all about love yourself and mm-hmm. be yourself. Well, if I'm going to be myself, 
then I'm just going to be this wretched sinner Mm -hmm. and going through depression, like you said, then what is the only thing that you can do? Like die? Yeah. You almost kill myself because you didn't want anything to be with, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that honestly, it happens to all of us at some point in our lives. And I think the perfect book that I always think to is to Joe. Yeah. Uh, Joe was my favorite Bible book when I got (laughs) saved. Like that was, I just kept reading it and reading it and reading it. But yeah, like, I just, uh, I hated my parents. I started hating my siblings. I hated everyone at the church. I hated everyone in my life. And I think that's how you can, one way you can see that I've grown is that now I'm, you know, um, part of the hospitality team at Foundation. I'm seeking people out and uh, I love them so much and I want to see them grow and I want to see them come to love the Lord how I love him because of what he's done for me mm-hmm. and like it's just a complete 180 you know and how does that happen because clearly you're you're so angry at God yeah at what point in your life and it's just a reminder also that it's the Lord who has to open our hearts he's the yeah. one who has to break break us down to yeah rebuild you know to make Bring us new us to, to give us a lowest. new heart so how is that process for you yeah, so it uh, all kind of came to a climax when I was in my freshman year of high school. So I got put into this small group. Um, shout out to Jordan C. Husen. She was my small group leader. And she was, um, and I mean, I know my parents cared for my soul and everything, but they were, uh, honestly, they were kind of laid back. Like they weren't really like, are you saying, you know, they didn't like pressure me into that. And um, there are good downsides and upsides to that because mm-hmm. um, I probably would have hated them more if they tried mm-hmm. to. Um, so I think it did need to be someone outside of my family that did it. Yeah, she was the first one who, in my like <laughs> little kid view of the world, cared about me. She was the first one who cared about my soul. She was the first one who was like, my first night in small group, she was like, okay, we're going to go around and you're going to tell me if you're saved. <laughs> and I was like, shoot, all these new people. Do mm-hmm. I tell them that I'm not saved? Do I pretend? I was like, I can't lie. Um, so we went around and like everyone, every single person in the group said yes, or I don't know, you know? And I was like, well, no, I'm not like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not saved. And it was like, it was like horrifying because I was the only one who said no. And I was like, does everyone here loves Jesus and not me? (laughs) And then she was like, okay. Um, and then after small group, she was like, okay, Megan, we're going to talk. And I was like, shoot. Okay. (laughs) Um, and she just like, she was like, okay, why not? Like, let's talk it through. Like what? what are your views on God? What do you think? Why haven't you given your life to him? And honestly, I like, I didn't have a lot of answers, but I was like, I don't want to lose control of my life. I want to be in, in, like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. me, 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 Mm -hmm. me. And she was just kind of like, and I was kind of expecting her to be like, you're so stupid. Like, why are you doing that? (laughs) Which I deserved. But she was like, okay, let's talk about this another time. You know, do you want to come over? We can have lunch. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, why do you care? Why do you want me to be saved? (laughs) It didn't make sense to me then. That whole year, we got to know each other like really well. And she wanted me to know truth, but she also just wanted me to know that I was loved. And so she just let me be part of her life and part of her family. Her and her husband had me over all the time. And it was such a blessing of the Lord. And um, it was nice that the girls in my small group also knew that I wasn't saved. Um, Mm -hmm. And they didn't really, you know, they're high schoolers. They didn't really pressure me about it. But there was one like girl who was two years older than me who um, I had known kind of my whole life. And she would always like kind of ask me about it sometimes. She'd be like, oh, how are you doing? Um, Mm -hmm. Have you been reading the Bible? Stuff like that. And that was encouraging. And then it all kind of came to a climax. Like I was getting, like there were nights, there was 
I don't remember how many times. I think it happened twice, but um, we have uh, railroad tracks outside of our house. Um, and there would be nights when I would end up standing on the railroad tracks just praying for a train to come. Like, I was done. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. Um, there's, I just hate everything. Um, and I wanted to be dead. And there's nothing left for me. <laughs> um, and by God's grace, a train never came. I was like, what is up with this? Trains always come. <laughs> Why not tonight? <laughs> um, and then I'd, you know, eventually I'd get cold and I'd sneak back in my window and try to go to bed. And then it, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then I went to a master's college view weekend. That same small group leader, Jordan, was like in charge of the events at master's at the time. And so mm-hmm. she would just be like, okay, Megan, you're coming to the view weekend. <laughs> like your tickets paid for, show up. And I was like, okay, why not? I got nothing else to do. <laughs> so I, I showed up, we were staying in this, you just stay on like the floor of some random dorm. It was like 1 a.m. like the last night. Me and um, the other girl in my small group, her name's Daly. We were just sitting in the hallway like, our friends were like in the shower. We we're just waiting for them or something. And like, we, we weren't really talking. We we're just sitting there. And then she looks at me and she goes, Megan, are you saved yet? <laughs> and I was like, well, no. And she goes, why not? And I like, and it, it was definitely like a year's worth of growth and like discipleship by this, by these um, women. But like, I was just like, why not? I don't know. Why not? Why am I not saved? It was the first time I ever like questioned why not. And it, it seems like such a, a silly thing. Like that, that one question could bring me to the end of myself. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, and that was the whole conversation. And then I go into my dorm. Um, the two girls that stayed there were already asleep. They had to get up early and I'm just laying on the ground, like sobbing. Like <laughs> I wow. was like, I don't know what to do. I, why am I not saved? If I have nothing left in this world, why don't I go to Christ? my life is useless. My life is just serving myself. And I don't even like myself. <laughs> and I don't like anyone else either. So if my life is useless, like I knew I had to die that night, either physically or spiritually. Like I was just at that point. I was like, if I'm not going to do anything with this wretched life, then maybe God can use it. Um, mm-hmm. And if he can, glory to him, but I, I can't use it for anything. Um, so like it was just, it happened that night. I was like, Lord, if you have a use for this, <laughs> take it. And if not, let me die tonight. Um, and then I woke up in the morning and like, I've never known joy before. I've never seen color before. <laughs> I've never smiled before. You know, it was just a complete change. It was so obvious to me that I was no longer my own, that I was Christ. And we had chapel that morning um, with all the college students. And I just like, I there was a skip in my step. Like I was so thrilled. I It was the first time I ever heard a sermon, like really heard it. And I've heard a thousand sermons in my life, you know? Um, and so it was just a, a, a release from such a burden of sin and death. Like, oh, death, where's your victory? <laughs> there is none. There could have been a victory for death that night, but instead there was a victory for Christ and he has defeated the curse of death. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thank you for, for sharing that. And I mean, something that you said about you, if there is anything, you know, like then I should love myself, but I hate myself. Mm-hmm. I hate everyone else. I mean, and the world is telling, it's telling you like, oh, love yourself. Yeah. Love you. Love, it's all about you. It's all about me. And like, that's the problem that we want 
and even like as we become believers, we want to have control and we still mm. have to like, we still feel like we'd still want to pull the control from the Lord. Yeah. But he is the one in control of our lives, you know, and I'm just so grateful that yes, like you said, this, this life might've been use, useless for you, mm-hmm. but it is useful for the Lord. Yeah. And that is my next question for you. How is the Lord using your life now yeah. <laughs> uh, for his glory? So how oh. is he using you? Anything about me is for his glory because, I mean, like we were talking about before, like just the hospitality team and getting to know people at church. Like there's really been, um, you know, I went from wanting to kill myself because I didn't have friends <laughs> to now knowing like, like everyone I meet is like, do you know everyone on this church? And that's not to say that I'm a great person and have a lot of friends, you know, it's just like, see what the Lord has taken this horrible life and this kid who can't make a single friend. And mm-hmm decided like okay now I'm gonna make you have so many people that you're gonna love and cherish and who are gonna love you um not because of who you are but because of what I have done it's just it's been great to see how he has worked through that and even made it like just worked in my life in that I was so angry before and now takes a lot to make me angry you know and it's just and I, yeah, that is true because every time that I see this girl, she has like the biggest smile ever. So it's like very welcoming and warming. You know, it's like it makes people feel comfortable around you. It makes people feel free, free mm-hmm. around you, you know, because there might be other people that they're mm-hmm. more like reserved. But when they see someone with that yeah. joy, like you say, yeah. like the joy and just of what the Lord has done in your life, that's all that we will see in the outside. You yeah, know, that's like the the product, the result. Yeah, you know, of salvation. Yeah. It's the joy that you can't even. I can't even contain it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's gotta come out because um, yeah. there was no joy before, and now there is ceaseless joy, and I want to feel that every day. And by His grace, I do. Yeah, and so you you mentioned also like you're you're helping in Foundation Bible Study, mm-hmm. but I, I I've also seen you with the children ministry. Yeah, so. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I am a Sunday school teacher for the um, special needs classroom. And then I'm also a small group leader for um, Adventure Club, the mm-hmm. sixth grade girls. And I just have such a heart for them. Like every week, I, um, especially my sixth graders at Adventure Club, like I have, like, if I could see every one of them saved, that would be the best thing in my life. I pray for them all the time and it's such a blessing to serve them and they bring me so much joy. Mm-hmm. And they're so funny. They will say the funniest things. Like we'll be in small group and I have this one girl and she is such a blessing to me. Um, I don't know where she's at. I think she might be saved, but we were like kind of getting off topic. It's always my fault when we get <laughs> off topic. I, and she just goes, Megan, shouldn't we be talking about God right now? And I was like, you're right. <laughs> Just bringing so you they, back on they track. definitely keep me on track. But then, of course, there's the other girl who goes, can't we just tell jokes right now? So <laughs> that's it's what, a mixed That's bag. what Megan asked me at the beginning of the podcast. I've been exposed. <laughs> I did. I asked her how many jokes I was allowed to tell. She did not give me an answer. <laughs> yeah, that's your answer. <laughs> no, but you know, I love that you have such a childlike spirit. Because… I think when I brought my friend's daughter to… Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember her. I think it was like… I don't know. She went to BBS, Vocational Bible School. And I just remember she was able to connect with you. But it's yeah. because the Lord, you know, the, the change that the Lord has done in your life. You made my friend's, you know, daughter who was… This, this was her, I think, her first time ever at mm-hmm. a church. 
and having this first experience with someone, you know, sharing the same joy and making her feel comfortable, you know, yeah. that was a joy to me to know that, you know. So, yeah. and I've seen the kids when they see you around campus, they just go to me, <laughs> you know, they want to they hug flock her. to me. <laughs> it's like they're going to choke her, like giving her hugs and everything. But that's the work of the Lord. Yeah. Praise to Him. Yeah. yeah. All praise to Him. It's um, definitely just spiritual gifts, it's not anything mm-hmm. in me, but it's also my biggest delight is being Mm -hmm. around kids and training them and sharing the gospel with them and knowing like, okay, if I understood the gospel at three years old, I don't expect that from everybody. I think that was unusual, (laughs) Um, but they're in sixth grade. There's some kids in Sunday school who are in, you know, second, third grade. They can understand it. You know, I've asked my kids, I, I, we go around the small group and like, okay, do you understand that you're a sinner? And they all are like, yes, I understand I'm a sinner. Do you understand that you need a savior? Yeah, I understand that. That's basic gospel. What are you talking about, Megan? Then I'm like, okay, then you're guilty. <laughs> then if you don't come to Christ, you're going to go to hell. And that gets them very serious. As soon as you drop the H word, <laughs> they're like, wait, wait, what? Hell? And I'm like, yeah, you. It's sobering to think, to see these kids' faces because they're so young and innocent and to know that they, they're they accountable to holy God. And I want to see them grow and get saved, but they might not have time mm-hmm. to grow. They might be required any night, you know? And so I want to do everything I can to make sure they know the gospel. And I mm-hmm. cannot save them. Um, and I'm glad that I can't. I'm glad that's not on me. But I, I just pray every day that the Lord would be merciful to me and save them. And how amazing it is. We are just a weak vessel, you yeah. know, in the hands of this holy God. And to see just how he's using you for his glory. Yeah. You're not useless anymore, right? <laughs> not useless. Exactly. Now the Lord is using you for his kingdom, for his yeah. glory to now share the gospel with kids, yeah. you know, that probably are, we don't know their their circumstances. We don't know their heart. We mm-hmm. don't know what's going on in their heart. Like nobody knew what was going on yeah. in your heart, but the Lord knew. Yeah. And that's what's so amazing that the Lord knows our heart. He knows every single thought in our mind like he knows the deepest you know thoughts in our mind so yeah the secrets what we can't keep any secrets from the lord he already yeah. knows them i'm reading this book and um it's like a little devotional called god is this morning the chapter was god is omnipresent and i was just thinking about how like even when we we're not charismatic but we're always kind of like we want to feel close to god we want to oh in our prayer times we want to be like oh, I felt God so near to me today. And that's something that we should desire, a closeness with God. But I think we need to remember that he is always there. He's always close. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And so even when we don't feel like it, he is still present with us and he still knows everything about us and he knows everything about those kids and he knows Mm -hmm. what they need and what what will bring them to their lowest point so that they fall on their face before his throne. Amen. And since you mentioned books, a book already, yes. right? my next question was actually that. Do you have <laughs> okay. any favorite books other than oh, the Bible? Oh, all of them. <laughs> Some of my favorites that I've read this year, Gentle and Lowly, which I watched this Caleb Cunningham. Th- yeah, <laughs> I saw that he mentioned it. But it is it is truly outstanding. It like, you know, it mess, messed up my top five book list because <laughs> it jumped up there. Another one that I read this year that was very good was Desiring God on Sin and Temptation by John Owen. Mm-hmm. Um, those were kind of my three main books this year that that yeah. um, helped me walk my Christian life and just you know John Owen Sin and Temptation just showed me like I'm way worse than I thought I was <laughs> like I need I'm filthy and I am wretched and everything I do is tainted with sin even when I'm doing good things even when I'm using my gifts of 
serving the kids or welcoming people, like I'm still guilty of, you know, being prideful and like attention seeking, you know, like it's just seeing like, how can I continue to die to self? How can I continue to strip off this outer man that doesn't look like Christ? And so that book was long and in kind of old English. So it was, it was a lot, but it was definitely worth it. And then Gentle and Lowly just helped me so much with understanding that, okay, yeah, I'm wretched, but the Lord delights in love. He delights to give me grace when I sin. He sees my stumbling, sinful, wretched self, and he thinks, you know what would be great? To give her some more love and to forgive her yet again for the same thing she did. She's done it over and over and over and over and over again, and I'm going to forgive her over and over and over again, you know? Those were great. And then Desiring God's classic. Um, <laughs> if you're a Christian and haven't read that one, you should just go read it. <laughs> I think that you're like, this is the third time that I hear about Gentle and Lonely. Yeah. And Lowly. It's real good. Yeah. It's like the third time. Have you read it yet? No, I haven't. Shame on you. It's been recommended three. So you don't even read your own book <laughs> no, recommendations. Not, not, I don't know if it was like recommended, but it was like someone mentioned it that they mm-hmm. have read it and how much they loved the book. So yeah. I, yeah. And I don't think the the other ones were… The only one I think that was said here, I think it was uh, Caleb. Caleb. And then okay. I, two other people told me yeah. just talking. Well, you should to, read it. I guess that's… What it means, right? It's pretty short. It's like, it's like that big. Yeah. yeah, I guess I need to find it now. Yeah. yeah. So just in conclusion, Megan, what is something that you're looking forward to? I mean, am I allowed to say heaven? Of course. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, I think uh just with everything, like it has been a hard, a hard walk just um going through all that depression, self-harm, suicidal thoughts, like I wouldn't say it ever really fully goes away. Um, just that feeling of worthlessness and feeling of like, I'm just ready for my life to be done. Um, but it's changed from like a, a very depressed, ready for my life to be done for like, a, I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm ready for this <laughs> life to be done. I've hated it since the beginning. <laughs> and just like a looking forward to like when I will one day see my savior face to face and mm-hmm. behold his glory. I was driving down here and the sunset was incredible. Um, and it was just like, like the, the sun peeking out behind the clouds. And I was like, wow, if my savior was in that cloud right now, like ready to take me home, that'd be great. Like who cares about the podcast? No offense. But if I could go to heaven or to be on this podcast, I would choose heaven. Um, of course. Uh, so like just daily reminders of like, yeah, I'm, I'm super over this life, but I, if I'm still alive, that means there's still work to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still something more to do or bear. But yeah, I am ready to go to heaven. <laughs> and it, it comes up often in my prayers, just like, Lord, do not keep me here one second longer than I will be useful to you. Because if I'm not useful to my Savior, then there's no point of living. And I'm ready to to be perfected in holiness and um, get to enjoy him and get to know him better every single day for all of eternity. And how wonderful that that actually changed the whole idea of like, I just want this life to be over Mm -hmm. from it's just because I'm tired of this world and I don't like myself. I hate myself. I hate the world, but it actually changed to, I just want to be with my savior. Yeah. I want to see him face to face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. And will you close us in prayer? I would love to. Dear heavenly father, I um, am so privileged to even come before your throne, even have a chance to um, speak with you, to, to be able to bring my burdens and um, my joys 
before you and that we know that you listen to them. Um, I thank you for the chance that we had to be that I had to be on this podcast and that um, even just the ministry that Arlie is doing through all of this and the people she is reaching through it. Um, it is such an encouragement to so many, and it's um, a blessing to be able to share what you are doing so that we might glorify you better through it. Um, Lord, may you use this to reach more people, even people who do not know your word, that they might hear um, the testimonies on this channel and that they would understand that they need a Savior too and that they can have redemption and that they can have um, a new life, a new soul, a new heart. Um, and that they can have perfect joy with a holy Savior and the creator of the world. Lord, I um, just am so honored um, to be your child, to get to remember and go over all the work that you have done in my life. Um, I pray that you would remind me of it every day and remind me of how worthy you are and how unworthy I am um, and rejoice in your glory, Lord. In your name, amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description.